0: Are denominations, creeds, confessions, and liturgies things of the past that should be left to die in ecclesiastical death? Welcome to The Pastor's Voice. I am Rule Sample, and I am passionate about Christian worldview. I talk to pastors and Christian leaders to encourage all believers to live out a life of discipleship and faith in Jesus Christ. Today I talk with Alex Zink, pastor of Stratford Evangelical Lutheran Church in Stratford, Iowa, and host of the Undying Light podcast. Alex and I talk about the creeds and confessions of the church and how they have gone by the wayside and how important it is that we try to bring them back. Alex Zenk, thank you for joining us on The Pastor's Voice. How are you this, uh, today? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you for having me. Alex is a Lutheran minister in Iowa. Tell us about your ministry. Where do you serve? Uh, I serve
1: a uh, small town in Iowa, about an hour north of Des Moines. Uh, The church is uh, called Stratford Evangelical Lutheran Church. Uh, They just named it after the town 160 some years ago when they built the church. And uh, I serve alongside uh, a Baptist church, and we have a Methodist church in town as well. So uh, there's us three for a town of about 700 people. And, um, right now it's just me and in the Baptist church as the Methodist or without a pastor. So we're trying to juggle all of the community events and all the things that go on that we partake in, uh, between the two of us. So it's, uh, it's increased our workload, but it's a true blessing to be a part of this wonderful area. And these people are, uh, an absolute blessing. For for me and my wife and our family,
0: you're in a small town in Iowa, but mm-hmm. I'm sure that you and your church and your community are facing challenges, not just COVID, but what other challenges are you facing in Iowa or where you're serving? Well, the the biggest thing I think
1: is uh, a, there's a there's a age disconnect within the church. Uh, my my congregation. Uh, who actively serve, uh, they're well over the age of 50 all the way up into their 90s. And Mm -hmm. so there's this, you know, there's that group and they're active in the church, but then we're missing, you know, the people under 50 and the people in my age group, the, we don't have a ton of youth in the church. And I think there's a big disconnect and and I've noticed it uh, prevalent within the Lutheran church. And and I think because there's a couple facets that happen. One, uh, people don't tr- understand maybe the, the the design and the purpose behind a liturgical service, and so they they want to not have to be confined to that. So they flock to the bigger non denominational churches where it's just music and uh, some preaching or speeches or whatever, and they don't have to do anything else. Uh, so I. Actually, just started this week on on my uh for my church, starting to teach through just short video sessions on Facebook, kind of the facets behind why we do the things we do. And talking about the Bible, talk about the liturgy, talk about early church service and all that kind of things. And my goal is to have kind of a, a database of teachings that people can just go to and reference quickly. And and hopes to maybe bridge that gap to show that, you know, this isn't just a church for uh, for older people. It's a church that can cover all ages based upon what we uh, construct in our liturgy. And so I think that's at least that's the biggest challenge I've noticed in, in being in ministry for for the short period that I've been in is just that a lot of the younger crowd they want to go and be entertained and. Hmm. We're trying to find a way to not provide that, but maybe bridge that gap a little bit and, and find a means to either educate or um, you know bring something that's relevant. Maybe it is just kind of having a more a contemporary style worship with good uh, you know good music, good solid doctrinal music uh, and then just a short message and then dismissal. But I also think there's a place in service for the creeds and the Lord's prayer and all those types of uh, elements that make, you know, these services divine in themselves. So well,
0: you segue into uh, another topic that I wanted to talk with you about is that mm-hmm. you and I are part of the, quote, old denominations. You're mm-hmm. you're a Lutheran. You guys started it all. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, I, I'm Presbyterian uh and you, know, you you've got a methodist church there and and the baptist church we are we're dinosaurs do we yes. do we <laughs> do we need to be put in the mud pits and forgotten about or is there room for the liturgies and the history and the creeds that have made denominations so rich over the centuries well i i i most certainly think there is uh
1: a a big place at the table for us. And, you know, again, whether it's uh, Presbyterian Baptist, Methodist, or Lutheran, whatever your denominational preferences, you know, there's, there's purpose behind what we do. And, and I think that uh, with today's world, with social media being as prevalent and uh, people (sighs) losing interest rather quickly with life itself, because social media, you know, provides those quick immediate entertainment factors that we desire. Um, I've noticed, and I'm going to kind of come around here to the, to the answer to the question, but I noticed like even many people that I run with in my circles, they don't really read books anymore. You know, it's, it's uh, either audible books or it's just short little snippets and Google pages and stuff like that you know, nobody sits down anymore and just relaxes and reads a book to educate themselves on something. And I think that plays a big role in, in where the church is kind of suffering in itself is we've got kind of a, uh, an issue within these older denominations of two things happening. One, we have churches that are trying to stay relevant with culture and they are moving at a rate that would be more of a universalist uh, approach to handling scripture that hmm. every person's welcome and everybody's loved equally. And, you know, your sin doesn't matter. And, you know, they really try to make this, or even if we call it a sin. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. How dare we call it a sin? <laughs> um And so, but so you got this track happening. And then on the other end, we've got churches that are staying traditional to their liturgical roots and they're preaching in their manner. And I, I think, you know, and it could be that maybe those preachings, those sermons might be drier and not so relevant for people. That's a good possibility. But I find that this particular camp is is losing people because it's not as engaging or, or attractive as these other progressive churches. And I've noticed that that was a big deal with the Lutherans uh, back in the early 2000s with the ELCA and their Progressive uh, voting that ended up splintering churches out of there and into the Senate that I'm a part of now. Uh, the Methodists are going through it now. The Presbyterians have it. Uh, the Baptists are dealing with it now. There's these splinters that are happening, and it's basically causing a major divide in the church because now we have these, we have essentially two sides of the road. We have this progressive ideology that's sitting in one camp, and then we have the conservative biblical uh truth that is in this other camp and they they don't they're not mutually connected and there's no way you know without educating the people to draw people back to the
0: truth of god's word part of the the tradition of denominations are the creeds Mm -hmm. confessions and the history and we have gotten away from that is that absolutely is that you go into many modern churches today they can't say the apostles creed they can't say even say the lord's prayer and they can't tell you what happened church history wise 10 years before yep how is that hurting us well
1: i think um I think not having the creeds kind of in the forefront of the church uh, takes away from the proclamation of what we believe, and and I've made this comment to my congregation a number of times. The reasons behind why we say the Nicene Creed and the Apostles' Creed is because we are actively participating and proclaiming our beliefs. It, if you you know, as, as if you come to the church and you just sit there and listen and don't actually partake in anything, what are you getting out of it? You're just, you know, you you could play the sponge and absorb stuff, but you don't get to reciprocate and and actually demonstrate your knowledge in your faith. And I'm not saying you have to go and do all these works, and and to show your fruit to people. I'm saying, you know, as a Christian, you got to be able to proclaim this. You know, Paul tells us that if you believe in these things, then you will be saved. If Jesus Christ is Lord and God raised him from the grave, then you will be saved. But you have to be able to proclaim that and the creeds give us that that foundation and you know that cuz they cover in a sense the the most basic essential fundamental pieces to the christian faith and if we move into the confessions then we get into some of the deeper uh belief systems behind the different denominations like right now on my podcast i'm doing a uh, journey through the augsburg confession and i'm teaching people who listen to my show who don't understand the Lutheran theology. I'm teaching them. This is the history around the Augsburg confession. This is the articles in the confession. This is what they mean. And how did they have effect in this time period when they were written in 1530 all the way to today's world? And uh, I know there's other podcasts out there that do great jobs with, you know, the Baptist confessions or uh, the Presbyterian confessions, but these things are fundamental, to the church because they 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 ground and they root the church in their belief. Uh, if we if we're not rooted in the creeds and confessions, then we're kind of off doing our own thing. And we 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 fail in an essence to find our footing because we're trying to be again relevant and popular in the church's and to the world's eyes. And so we, we, str- they start stray away from the creeds and confessions as a means of what we believe. Like if you were to go to some of the big churches and go to their website and look at, you know, what their beliefs are or their statement of faith, they're pretty generic and they're, they're kind of broad in many cases. They don't actually get to the very finite pieces of the Christian faith. And. And I think is if we move away from the creeds and confessions, it's going to do damage to the church because people are going to go to church and they're going to quote unquote worship a Jesus that they don't even know about. Hmm. And I mean, uh, Ligonier puts out, and I'm sure you've seen this, Ligonier puts out a, an art, uh, a report every couple of years on the state of the theology. And I've read through them a couple of times in the past on my show. And It's alarming to see each year that the report comes out, the decrease in just basic fundamental knowledge of the Christian. And and I think that is, uh, it's two-parted. One, it's churches failing to teach these things. And two, it's people not going to church because they don't think church is relevant in their
0: lives. Both are incredibly off the mark. Is that? Is that? I love the creeds. I love the confessions. And uh, when we spend time talking about the creeds and reciting the creeds, and not just reciting them but saying and vocalizing the creeds in church, not only does it it give incredible uh, vocalization to what I believe, but it connects us with Christians who have gone on before. I mean, these mm-hmm. are these are ancient and and incredibly the, the thought processes behind these creeds and confessions, at least the ancient ones: uh, Augsburg for you, Heidelberg, Westminster Confession. The thought process that uh, behind those is unmatched i don't know what they've done in the lutheran church but every everything that they've done in the presbyterian church past mm-hmm. westminster has been quite frankly awful uh mm-hmm. the the presbyterians came out with uh the confession in 1967 that basically denies the authority of scripture and the the shorter ca- the shorter confession of 1985 denies the deity of christ and they mm-hmm. just they just don't seem to get it so how do we go back to getting, uh, getting uh, our people in the pews, not just those of us who uh, just love the creeds, but how do we go back to getting people excited in the pews about the creeds, the confessions, the historical challenges of the church, and just even seeing the, 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 uh, the, the richness of denominations? How do we get back to that? That's that's the question that uh,
1: seems to be plaguing all of us because it's one that we we want to try to have an answer to, and I and I would love to have the perfect solution, but you know I don't know if there is a perfect answer or even a good answer for it. But I think it's we got to start local in our community, hmm. and and you know that's our biggest impact immediate people in our towns in our countryside. Those are the people we need to be engaging with, and those are the people we need to uh, teach through these. And so I think it goes beyond just the pulpit on Sunday mornings, but there has to be teaching classes. Like I host a a Bible study for my church every other week, and we're going through the book of Romans right now. We've gone through the Gospel of Mark. We've done a little bit of Old Testament, uh, and we've done some uh, stuff around Christmas, but it, it requires us to slow down. And, and and really appreciate the scriptures as they are and i and i think that's our, our our first and foremost mission field is the local community and we have to find a way to reach those people whether it is being more flexible with service times or having another service time inviting these individuals in that needs to be our first uh essentially engagement and then i think we can spread our wings and and utilize social media and the internet and podcasting for instance as another means to continue to educate and share the gospel and hopes that people will listen to us and watch our videos and just take what we say and then continue on researching in their own right uh, you know, like I, I've, I've got two shows in my uh, uh, kind of arsenal, really. I do one that's on Fridays, and that's a, an exegetical verse-by-verse explanation of, of certain books that I'm working through in the Bible on my show. And like right now, I'm in Ecclesiastes, and I'm working through some of the wisdom books, and I'm teaching through what's happening here and i've gotten a lot of people that are responding to me after they listen to the show and they're like i never considered this to be as relevant in my life as, you know, how you made it. Hmm. And and i think it's just what it comes down to is, is there's people we can impact, you know, around the world. Like i have listeners all over the world on mine and i talk to people actively around the world and and i get some good feedback but again, those people aren't in my immediate community. And they're not in my church. And so my church has to be my first and foremost uh, approach. And uh, they have to have my attention. And so I do the podcast to help supplement more, you know, teachings for the church. And I do the podcast to kind of throw out the seed into the world and let it go. And so I think, you know, to draw upon the importance, I think church history has to be taught. I think we have to do segments, whether it's in church, in a teaching, maybe it's even hosting a conference once a year, and we we walk through basic fundamentals of the church, like why do we do these things? Why are the creeds and confessions important? What are the confessions? Because I'm sure many people, even in you know, in the big denominations, have never read the Westminster or the Heidenberg or the 1689 or even the Augsburg. They just they just don't.
0: Next week, Alex and I conclude our conversation by wrapping up our talk about creeds, and then we move on to the importance of local mission efforts in the church. Stratford Evangelical broadcasts their worship service every Sunday. The link to their YouTube account, as well as their website, is in the show notes. Also be sure to check out Alex's podcast, the Undying Light podcast, on Acast and all the other major podcast networks. That link is also in the show notes. We would appreciate your help in keeping The Pastor's Voice going. Please use the support the show link to donate any amount to help us cover our expenses. If you have any questions about our podcast, would like to be a guest, or would like to become a sponsor, please email us at podcasts at thepastorsvoice.net. I am Rule Sample. Thank you for listening.